on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 4th, LA Galaxy 0-0 draw with the Houston Dynamo on Saturday night. Interesting game, maybe. Some people said it was boring. I found it entertaining for the most part. Two teams going at it. We're going to talk about that game, get you all the information that you need on that one, and the Galaxy are getting ready to get one of those games in hand. We talk about games in hand. We said the Galaxy are playing from behind. There are exactly five MLS games this weekend. There is one game on Sunday. That one game is your LA Galaxy against St. Louis. We're going to just start pointing you in that direction and remind you sort of some of these things that are going on in order to help me do all that we're glad to have him back it's mr kevin the panda baxter kev now did i miss your birth wasn't it your birthday when was it it was your birthday on like the first wasn't it that's september 1st it was happy birthday to you 69 years old congratulations thank you, thank you. yeah yeah thank you um <laughs> a little too old for uh, you maybe just a little bit i'm 64 right. okay. so you're close i celebrated by going out uh on sunday to um to see this messy kid with yeah. inner Miami. Yeah. I think he's got a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, for a couple of years anyway, right? Well, you know, the, the weird thing was is is I was talking to Scott French and the game had a weird feeling. You know, I, I've been to four MLS Cup finals now, and, and there's always a lot of anticipation with that. This game was different because it, it was a regular season game for one thing, but the excitement around it, I mean, there, there was really nothing at stake. Um, you know, both inner Miami LAFC playing for playoff burst, but it wasn't like whatever happened was going to determine the rest of the season or who wins a championship or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but just the anticipation around one guy kind of felt like sort of like a heavyweight title fight. You know, everybody was focusing on one guy. And when Messi was introduced, the crowd reacted when he came on the field. Every time he touched the ball, there were just a ton, a ton of celebrities there. Um, it, it was wild. It was the largest crowd for a soccer match at, at BMO Stadium, almost 23,000. Um, the ticket prices you probably saw, um, one guy bought three, uh, a group of three tickets, uh, down in the front row. He could have gone on, uh, a Panama canal cruise just for the price of one ticket. Right. Um, it just, you know, wh why not go in the Panama canal cruise and tape it and watch the game on Apple TV? I mean, just having to be there, I, 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 you know, that's a lot of money to spend on a soccer match, but, uh, you know, it was interesting. And when Scott and I were talking, we kind of compared it to, to Beckham. And I know you were around at the start of the mm -hmm. Beckham time. Um, Beck, Beckham felt different. Beckham felt like he was, yeah, he was a soccer player. 
he was a successful soccer player, but he, you know, he clearly was on the downside of his career, and he he felt more like a celebrity. You know, he came in with the pop star wife and the Hollywood connections and all that. Um, Messi felt like more like an athlete, more like a soccer player. It was all about the soccer. It wasn't about the celebrity aspect of it. And and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's one area where MLS truly has grown. Well, yeah, I mean, it has to, right? Because uh, Beckham was coming as like a pioneer. He didn't really know what was going to happen here with his level of stardom and his level of play and all the things that were sort of coming. Messi knows sort of where that is. And, you know, I think a lot of people are sitting there saying, oh, well, is MLS this bad that you can get, you know, this player on a team and all of a sudden, you know, they can't lose? And my whole thing is, one, he's been doing that in almost every league that he's gone to. But two, it isn't just one player. They revamped that team. And we've always argued, Kevin, I think that, you know, every team was with, you know, five to seven percent of each other. Right. And so really, it's a one or two or three percent can really make the difference in a game, depending on how you play or how you do things. Um, You know, the bottom line is that when you get somebody like like Lionel Messi. Um, and, and Jordi Alba and, and, and Busquets in there as well. And then some of the other players in the U22s and the stuff that you're getting from, from Miami now, they, they, they ha- they're getting like four or five or 6% boost out of all this. And that's more than enough to take a team that was, uh, you know, down at the, the depths of the league and, and sort of vault them back up. But it's still, still a stretch, by the way, for them to, to make the playoffs because it's, it's so little room for air, much like the LA Galaxy in a lot of ways. Um, but it's, it's just interesting to see. Certainly interesting. Well, w- one of the things Giorgio uh, Cellini said that after the game, he said, that's the best team I've seen in MLS. He's been here a little over a year, but he played an MLS Cup final. He said, that's by far the best team I've seen in MLS. I feel sorry, he said. Uh, he said, they'll make the playoffs, but I feel sorry for whoever finishes first in the East because they're going to have to play them in the first round. Yeah. And you're right, it's not messy. It's Jordi Albert, Sergio Busquets. They got two U22 players from Argentina. They teamed up in the first goal yesterday. Calendar and goal is playing an amaz- is playing amazingly. And then Tata Martino, you know, people forget he came in before this whole 11-game unbeaten streak started. So there's a lot of things going on there. Um, another thing that – and Sasha question uh, I talked to him uh, before the game, and he, he was saying, like, um, you know, are we really surprised that Messi's scoring a lot of goals? He goes, he scored goals everywhere he went. You yep. can't say, oh, this is, proves that MLS is bad because one guy's scoring all these goals. Well, then that means La Liga is no good and 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 Liga Luna is no good and the World Cup is no good because Messi scored goals – all of those places too. He has 11 goals in 11 games. He had seven goals or, or six goals in seven games at the World Cup. So kind of the same. He does right. have a lot of assists. He has he has eight assists. But um, uh, you know he's he's done this before. This should not really be a surprise. One thing Cialini said too is he said Messi's happy, and Cialini said I had that happiness uh, when I first came here, and I still have that happiness. He said, um, you know, in Europe, he's talking about players like him and Messi. He said, you know, we can't do anything. The pressure is intense. We, you know, if we lose a game, it's the end of the world. We can't, we can't go out. We can't go to a restaurant. We can't go out with our family. He said in the United States, you know, you can, and, and you can enjoy your life. You can, you make a lot of money. You can go out and enjoy it. And, and uh, he really thinks a lot of players are going to follow Messi, that Messi may be, we've said this before, you know, when Robbie Keane came and Beckham and Terry Henry and all these people, you know, uh, th- this is going to open the floodgates. Um Messi obviously is somebody on a different level. And right. if he starts talking about the good time he's having here, already Anton Griezmann said he's coming. Yeah. So, yeah, it could, you know, we'll it could be a flood. It could, it could be a flood. And, you know, maybe the, the league is sort of primed and ready for that. That's why we're expecting some rule changes possibly this winter. Stuff to watch on uh, on that front. Let's get to the uh, the LA Galaxy here. Zero, zero. I, I know that there's going to be a lot of people who I think are disappointed. The Galaxy had a point, had a chance for nine points in, in a week. 
Um, they had a chance to win three games in a row. Still something they haven't done under Greg Vanny. Uh, just a stat, by the way. I can't jinx things. People were trying to blame me. But uh, now uh, the LA Galaxy continue that. Still haven't won three games in a row under Greg Vanny. Um, but having said that, looking at what the LA Galaxy accomplished, and I think it's better to take a the broad view of the week than it is to sort of look at this one game in sort of a vacuum and not understand all the things that led up to it. Um, but if you look at that seven points in a week, Kevin, if I told everybody that the galaxy would get seven points in a week going in and, uh, and having to, uh, to go away to San Jose and then come back, um, and play Houston. Right. And so, you know, when you look at this stuff, you, you sort of sit there and say, that was a good week for the LA galaxy. Those are the types of weeks the LA galaxy need from here on out, which is, Hey, if you're not playing well, you need to at least get a draw. And that's where I think the the maturity has come through on this LA Galaxy team. Kevin, there's zero doubt in my mind that th- if they played this type of game, you know, say uh, f- 12 games ago, right, that they lose this game, right? Because it was a cagey match. It was one where you couldn't make a lot of mistakes. It was one where you're going to ask the defenses to step up and to make decisions and you're going to have to call on Jonathan Bond to step up and make decisions. You're going to have to do all of these things and any mistakes you make are going to get punished and maybe you want to say look at Houston and say hey the mistakes didn't get punished by Houston but also I think the LA Galaxy defense did an outstanding job of of cleaning up where Houston was obviously pressuring. Um, The stats if you go look at this show that Houston had like a 1.4 XG right? That, that's more than enough to have scored a goal in this game. Uh, Maya Yoshida after the game was talking to us and sort of said maybe they should have scored one. Maybe they should have scored two. He goes, but the bottom line is that we survived it and we were sort of able to continue uh, uh, past this. So uh, again, I think there's a, there's, and, and you can, you're able to overreact in these small little windows, Kev, because the Galaxy have so little room for error in order to try to make the playoffs as it is. But looking at what they were able to pull off, short turnaround, three games in seven days, doing all the things that you were hoping that they could do, they were able to pull it off and they were able to get a draw. They were able to get seven points and they continued to sort of stay pace with that five points that they need to get there. And we talk about a game in hand. We have a game in hand coming up on Sunday. This is where that five points can suddenly become two points should the LA Galaxy win, right? It's about picking up points with those games in hand. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, if someone had told you, yeah, we're going to get seven points in this week, you would have taken a heartbeat. But looking at the schedule, I think you would have said, oh, we're going to get the draw. The draw is going to be in San, in San Jose. We're, gonna, we're not going to drop points at home. And that's kind of the one criticism I have is that this is not the time of the season when you can afford to be dropping points at home when you're chasing teams in front of you. So, yeah, seven points in a week is is great. Dropping the points at home, not so great. They did outplay Houston. They outshot them. They outpossessed them. They outpassed them. Passing accuracy was better. Played the last 10 minutes or, or so with uh, a man down. Right. And still almost won the game on the final touch of the game. Uh, you know, it, it, so they were playing. They, they were in it clearly. And, and you talked a little bit before we came on. You know, they got shut out in that game. And, and you were saying, you know, well, you know, the offense is a little bit of a problem. I don't know. You know, they scored six goals in two games before that, three in each of those two games. Tyler Boyd right now is really, is really kind of on fire. He – uh, he he has uh, he's had seven shots in his last three games. In his last six MLS games, he's had four goals. The defense or the offense rather really seems to be going through Tyler Boyd, which is which is really interesting because I don't know that he was brought in to fill that kind of role. But certainly, you know, he stepped up. And if there's a scoring threat on that team right now, uh, I don't think it's Jovlich. I think it might be Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I mean, yes, and I I don't want to discount the offense. And if you really want to sort of pull the offense into 
um, you know, into realization or into, into stark reality. You can look at that and you can try to do that. My whole argument is this, though, um, is that that's great, but you're still not getting goals from the run of play from your strikers. Uh, you had Jovalich score from a penalty kick. You had Billy Sharp score from a penalty kick. Those were those 3-0, 3-2 games. And that 3-0 game was also a 10-man game, right? For, you know, I think 26, 27 minutes into the game uh, was whenever uh, Chicago went down a man. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. This team still is going to get in some battles. These are not easy games. You're going to have to have some magic show up. Who were they missing in this game? It was Douglas Costa. He has been the one who has really been providing a lot of the offense, a lot of the magic, a lot of the, the creativity. And you could see that that was lacking. So you wanted Doug out there. Uh, this is this was a game for Doug in, in terms of the ability to be isolated one on one. And I thought Tyler Boyd did a good job with that. Uh, Diego Fagundes now getting, you know, his time and sort of playing uh, in this system and doing his stuff. I know people were critical of him. I, I just just chill out on that. I still think that there's uh, there's a lot of time here for him to sort of get settled. Greg Vanny talked about Fagundes and said, you know, I th still think he's trying to learn his top speed sort of within our offense, how fast he can play. Um, but he's played some good moments. He's had some good good things. You just want him to be more dangerous offensively. And I think that comes. I think that's this is the week where you're going to sort of see that come. But Kevin, again, they can't seem to find a way to get their strikers to score goals. And from a team that crosses the ball and Vanny highlighted this in the postgame, crossed the ball 16 times and maybe had two dangerous chances from those 16 crosses. That's not good enough, right? That can't be the way that the LA Galaxy are going to try to win games on this. So uh, you need goals from Ricky Pouge. You need you need uh, goals from Tyler Boyd. You're going to need something from uh, Diego Fagundes if he if, if uh, Costa isn't going to play, right? You have to get productivity out of some of these guys and Boyd's been holding up his end. Ricky Pooja has been holding up his end, but you need them to overperform because you're not getting anything from the striker decision. And just to re re remind everybody, Douglas Costa uh, separated a shoulder in the San Jose game, did not play against Houston. Not separated. A uh, dislocated difference. Dislocated. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it, chance he could play this Sunday. We don't know. It's probably going to be a game time decision. Um, uh, Caligari uh, with his knee injury it could be hyperextended knee. It could be something more serious. Really don't have a, a diagnosis on that yet. We don't have a timetable uh, for when he can come back. But this game is important. The St. Louis game was the one that was supposed to be played July 4th, if you remember. Right. Um, it wasn't played July 4th because the LAFC game that was supposed to open the season moved to July 4th after the rainout. So that pushed St. Louis back. Galaxy should have had a two-week break here from between Houston and the, the next El Trafico at BMO Stadium. They do not because the St. Louis – game will be played now on Sunday at Dignity Health Sports Park in the middle of the international break. Um, uh, it, I don't know that any team, either team is hurt a lot by that international break. I don't believe the Galaxy lost anybody. They did. They will be without Raheem they, Edwards by they, yellow no, card. They, they lost Kelvin Leardam. This One, is this they, is where it is. They lost Kelvin Leardam and Eric Zavaleta. And while those two are not somebody you would think would be big factors, the problem is that Caligari's backup is Kelvin Leardam. Um, so Caligari, if he's not able to come back and play, uh, the LA Galaxy will probably have to go down to uh, to Cuevas. Um, uh, I don't think Forkranis is really into any of this, so I, I think Cuevas is is was one of the guys that they were talking about uh, possibly coming back into that, and that's a problem because now you don't have the first team experience. Ultimately, the depth that the Galaxy have established with the transfer window and everything was great, and then at the exact time when they really need to use that depth 
stuff that they've created. And this one has already been created. That wasn't even like a surprise and something that happened during the transfer window, but getting Kelvin Leardam into a position to be able to play right back for this game. Now you don't have that. Uh, that puts a well, and, and big strain on the LA galaxy. You could get Jalen Neal back though. Apparently he's getting really close to, to coming back. He could come back this weekend. This game is important though, because as you mentioned, this, what, you know, the galaxy still do have a game in hand among just about every team they're chasing. And in some cases, two games in hand, this is that game in hand after this game, Things are equal with some teams. There's just one game in hand left with others. If this game is a game that you don't get any points, then you've kind of wasted that game in hand idea, which we've been talking about for months. This idea that they do have a game in hand over the competition. If they don't get a point out of it, at least a point, then they've kind of wasted that. One point would, would, would you know, three points would be amazing. They'd be, you know, two points out of a playoff berth. Yep. They still do have that goal differential problem, though. It's minus eight goal differential. Um, I, that is one of the tiebreakers. I believe it's the second tiebreaker. I think victories is the first. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be the sole determinant, but it could come into play. And that minus eight is is it, that's got to come down a little bit for for the goal differential really to favor the galaxy in any kind of way. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I should point out one is that we got a super chat before the game, the the uh, the show even started from uh, Lasso's Optimism. Hello, gents. Another entertaining game against a tough foe and a fair result. Hope we build on this streak, quote unquote. Uh, and he and he says uh, believe on that. So that's something there. Uh, I also want to point out that there was the uh, the season ticket member carnival that they had. I think on Sunday. So I know people were talking to the players and they were going through and they were getting their autographs and doing that whole thing out at the new. Uh, Galaxy Park uh, that was out in front. So hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, Aaron reporting that he talked to Jalen Neal and said uh, said that basically Neal said, I still need a little bit more time, right? So this is that fatigue injury um, that is in the groin. Uh, and basically, they're the, the only thing that really solves this problem is rest. So they're trying to give him rest. And whenever they give him rest, they're hoping that that extends him to, you know, gets him through the rest of the season, whenever they can do that. Now, that being said, let's go back to the Houston game. You had a pairing of uh, of Yoshida and Mavinga in the back. Chris Mavinga had a very good game. Uh, Mayo Yoshida had a very good game. Lucas Cal- Caligari, and we're not supposed to call him Lucas, but Greg does, so I'll, I'll call him. His, he's, he's trying to go with the whole Brazilian one-name type thing. Uh, but uh, Caligari had a an outstanding game on the right. And Greg talked about having to asking him to stay back more. He was like, I just want you to stay back more because you're exhausted. You've been playing a lot of minutes. Let's try to be more defensive minded on that. So getting another defender back there, uh, Greg commented on, I thought Uri Rossell had a really good game, but, but Greg didn't like how easy it seemed for Houston to come through the middle and to play balls through the riddle, middle. And I think Hector Herrera had an outstanding game for Houston. Uh, but the galaxy were able to shut down a guy who's been scoring like crazy. Corey Baird, um, they really were able to take a lot of the sting out. I asked, you know, Maya Yoshida, I asked Jonathan Bond, I asked Greg Vanny sort of about the quietness that is sort of enveloping the defense, Kevin. There is a calmness, a quietness, a, a, a maturity level, a confidence level that you're seeing on that back line all of a sudden. Uh, Maya Yoshida is absolutely a reason for that. And just whenever he comes and talks to us, uh, you can feel the uh, the respect he has for the game, for his teammates, and then all of his teammates have for him as well. Um, the way that he's able to organize things in the back and the whole deal, it's just one of those things that you sit and you watch and you can't tell me that, yes, there were some scrambles in the LA Galaxy box, but for the most part, the LA Galaxy were able to stand players up, to win the ball back, to kill off chances, and to get the ball out of danger 
over and over again. That's not something this LA Galaxy defense has been doing this uh, this year or or in years past, right? We saw it whenever Kosaris sort of came in, and part of me would love to see Kosaris and Yoshida play next to each other. That's never going to happen. Um, but one of those things is you can just see how the defense is starting to develop. If and and by the way, by but the confidence of transferring back to Jonathan Bond, who had three outstanding saves in this game as well, right? So you're starting to see all of these things that are starting to pile up for the defense. So if you're talking about building from the back, if you're talking about positives from this game, look at the defense. Look what they were able to do against a Houston team that is a really good counterattacking team that's led through Herrera through the middle, right? And while the Galaxy midfield didn't handle it all that well, I thought the Galaxy defense um, was outstanding. Just very, very outstanding. Another clean sheet, their second clean sheet in the week. Yeah, well, second clean sheet in the last two home games, second clean sheet with Yoshida. Um, and if, you, if you're if you still buying the idea that Jalen Neal is your best center back, which I think even with Yoshida, you can still make that argument. Jalen Neal is pretty good. That's two clean sheets without your best center back. So that's something to build on. They have five more games in September, by the way. Yeah. It's a tough schedule. Uh, and, and again, going back to the international break, playing through the international break, a lot of teams, uh, as you mentioned, are not – playing this week that's another one of those things that call it the messy factor um you know some teams like like inner miami is going to lose nine players to the international break uh seattle traditionally loses a lot of players and mls is starting to realize that teams that are ambitious and spend and do a good job of recruiting good players lose those good players to international break why because they're good players so they're on national teams that's something in addition to the salary cap which is going to go up in addition to the additional DP, which I think teams will get this winter, I think it's going to go to four DPs. I think another thing that's going to change is the schedule. I think they're look, you know, if they want to continue to attract these national team players and, and international players, they're going to have to change the schedule so that they take the international break off, as teams and other leagues do as well, and use it like like the Galaxy are using this one. It's fine if you have to reschedule a game. That's where you got to put it. You can't, and you know, maybe it's not right for MLS to say we're going to have a cold and hard decision that we're never going to play through an international break. Um, uh, but for the most part, recognize the international break. I think that's another thing that's coming. Yeah, it, it seems like more and more. And listen, for the most part, I mean, MLS really is sort of this window recognizing the international break. Again, only five games, but, you know, for those five teams, it's like one of those things, though. The Galaxy have had to postpone, like, you know, two games, and they each got moved in international breaks, right? So it's one of those. It's like they tried to schedule around this, and if you have a perfect schedule, you don't get rained out at the beginning of the season. You don't get rained out for, for the hurricane that happens, uh, you know, in, in August. Then you can sort of do that, right? So Well, and, and don't forget they lost what, four or five weeks to League's Cup where they couldn't do anything in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I'm I, sorry, I started laughing. I just remembered something that happened and I wanted to I wanted to share it, but let me get to the super chat first. Uh, executive producer Herb, $20 super chat. Hey, Herb, thanks, appreciate it, bud. Uh, he says, hey, Josh, happy birthday, Kevin. Thank you for all the soccer articles coverage. So, Josh, tell the listener viewers how much of the super chat goes to Kevin. Uh, Josh, hope the fam <laughs> as well. Yeah, the, the, it's double the amount because it's Labor Day, right? So you get double the amount today. Double your normal rate today because it's uh, it's Labor Day. You're working on a weekend. So that's good. So two times zero is still zero. That's right. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's why I'm glad he gave you birthday money. In fact, everybody give Kevin birthday money. Uh, It'll it'll benefit benefit me greatly. So uh, I I I I was walking up the tunnel to head to the press conference, and uh, I ran into uh, somebody who is. Let's just put it this way. I want to keep it broad because I don't want to call this person out. Uh, Somebody who's either a player or a coach or a front office executive. It was definitely one of those three. 
Uh, and so they were like, they were listening to the podcast and, and he goes, he goes, I sort of had to, uh, to crack up whenever you and hammer were talking about how bad the start was that the galaxy have gotten 20 points in 10 games and they only have 28 points. Right. It was one of those. It's like, really? So the galaxy had eight points whenever Chris Klein was fired. That was sort of like in that was our discussion. We were having they had eight points when Chris Klein was fired. He gets fired. The LA Galaxy have been basically undefeated in league play since that's happened. Right. And they've gotten now 21 points out of those uh, 11 games. That's insane. But the worst part is that you let's say any other team has the streak that the LA Galaxy did. And you're like, oh, man, are those guys winning the supporters shield? Because, God, they've been just so good. It's like, yeah, if the Galaxy started the season that way, that would be great. The hole is so deep. <laughs> the hole is so deep they're climbing out of, right, that when 21 points in 11 games, not enough. You're still five points away from the playoff line. That's insane to put the whole season sort of in perspective like that. Well, and Greg Vanny talked about that. I mean, well, first of all, it, it seems like a thing with Greg Vanny's teams the last two years is horrible starts and these lightning fast finishes. And, and you're right. If they don't dig themselves that hole, if they just play 500 soccer at the beginning of the season, they're in a much better position, but they, they, they play so poorly at the beginning of the season and close so fast to get into the playoffs. They arrived into the, into the postseason exhausted, I think uh, is one thing, but, um, you know, Greg talked about how this season has just been a series of sort of sucker punches. When you think about it, you know, the injuries, you know, injuries right up the spine, three really important starters, Chicharito, Brugman, and and, and Caceres, three right. guys that are, you know, your captains, essentially. Those three guys are out for the season. Uh, Bergman might get back, but it doesn't look like it. So those three guys are out for the season. You had the supporter boycott. You had the whole thing with Chris Klein. Now injuries here. To, you're starting to pick up momentum. You lose Costa, who's been playing out of his mind. Very important. Then you lose Caligari, another guy who's very important, and there's really no backup for him. I mean, it, you know, when it, it, you know, I, I think Greg probably wakes up every morning and counts his fingers and toes because what else could possibly go wrong? It feels that way. I mean, you, and you heard it, it was uh, Andy Tioso was the one who asked the question uh, from Yahoo. And uh, and Greg was sort of like, thank you. Thank you for that. He was like, thank you. I know. Like, it was sort of like, I want to talk about this because what is going like is almost like, yes, it's crazy. I, I, I paraphrase for Greg, but he was like, he was almost like, yes, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, he even used a swear word, which he uses for uh, dramatic effect whenever he needs to uh, just in, in what the LA Galaxy have gone through. You can't, and I know that there's going to be people who do this anyway, but if you can't look at the season the LA Galaxy have been having and, and recognize the extreme bad luck, and then also, let's be very clear, uh, you know, the whole Chris Klein thing was a front office mess up, right? That's not something, that's not like it's like, oh, well, that's unlucky. No, no, no. You, you had a chance to correct it at the beginning of the season. You didn't. The fans knew you had a chance to correct it at the beginning of the season, and you didn't. And the fans let you know, and then you have the boycott and the whole deal. I, I know there's some people who literally still blame the fans for boycotting um, and and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And then as soon as the as soon as it's over, the boycott is gone. The pressure, and I think I think Vanny even uh, I think he even mentioned this, but he he made it adjacent. He didn't connect the dots like I will connect the dots, but he made it adjacent in his discussion, which is relieving some of the pressure off the guys in the season. And he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, finally we just had to try to take pressure off these guys because there was so much pressure to just get a win that it was it was almost too much. And he's like, let's just have a good half. Let's just play a good half and then let's come back in. Let's play another good half, right? That's literally where they were at in terms of breaking it down. 
And I had been screaming through most of that start of the season, which is there is too much pressure with Chris Klein linking the results of his uh, of the results of the galaxy with his tenure well, you know, within the organization. That's too much. It's not normal. The boycott is going on as well. There's too much stuff going on. These guys are folding and crumbling under it. And if they made a change, I thought things would change. Uh, in fact, there was a, a, a former player and I who had a discussion about that who said, absolutely, if Chris Klein goes, there will be a change in how the LA Galaxy play because yeah, this person also thought that there was too much pressure. So Yeah, and, and this player told us that, um, that you know, because we were wondering, do the players feel it or, you know, do they, can they tune that out? And and his response was, no, absolutely. The players know exactly what's going on and, and, and they know that they're being asked to correct a mistake that they had nothing to do with. Uh, and it was just too much for a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And and I understand that. Again, we ask professional players and coaches to do stuff within a very small set of guidelines, Kevin. It's actually, it's like there's a lot of fences around what we ask you to do. And we ask you to have experience in doing those things. And again, a very small fence. If there's stuff that happens that is sort of outside the normal or outside, it's it's really difficult to get those same sort of results. I think of the uh, the bubble and and the tournament that was played, you know, at Walt Disney World in, in in Florida during that time. Just asking guys to play in that situation in that bubble, knowing everything that was going on, that was that was a, an extreme stressor. Galaxy handled it like crap too, if you remember. Um, so yeah, just just some sort of crazy stuff going on there. But anyway, well, I, you know, I've talked to a number of athletes, obviously, in a number of different sports, and and to a person male, female, soccer, baseball, whatever, they all come back to, to me and say, you can't worry about things you can't handle. You know, I can't worry about things I can't impact. You know, what, if the manager puts me in the game or not, I can't worry about that because I can't impact that. Um, the, the Chris Klein situation was a perfect example of that. I can score 25 goals in a game. I can't change Chris Klein's status. I can't, I have no control over that. And that's the worst situation for a player in any sport to be asked to, to control something they have no control over. There's yeah. no way they're, they're, it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. I want to get through some of the charts just in, in terms of what the LA Galaxy are looking at. Uh, we talk about scoring first and in this now the third or excuse me, the fourth game that has ended 0-0 for the LA Galaxy this year. Two at the beginning uh, and now two sort of in this last one. Last 0-0 draw was Colorado. Um, and then, of course, you have the game versus Houston in there. Uh, we talk about win percentages and sort of where the LA Galaxy are at. Still an anemic 28% on the win percentage, but a 60% on the point. So a point or better whenever they go in 60% of the time the LA Galaxy have gotten there. Now you're looking at the Galaxy 7, 10, and 8. Kevin, here's a fun one. The LA Galaxy in, in uh, last season in 2022 uh, finished the season 14, 12, and 8. Same number of draws now. Currently, two less losses and seven more wins. When you're talking about the Galaxy having these nine games left, right, and sort of getting ready to play, imagine seven more wins for the LA Galaxy because that's sort of what it's going to take uh, in terms of uh, everything that they're trying to do right now. Seven more wins and only two more losses in order to match what they did last year. Only two more losses, Kevin. That's it. That's all the LA Galaxy can afford. No more draws, only wins, only two more losses. But what do we say they needed to get into the playoffs? What was their supposed their 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 point total that they needed? I, I think we're still going with 41-42. 
Right. 42 is is the average uh, over the last three full seasons, what it takes to finish ninth in the Western Conference, which is what you need to get in the playoffs. Remember, we talked earlier a couple of weeks ago, it was like 1.5, 1.6, a, a total that number that the Galaxy, points per game, that is, a, a number that the Galaxy rarely reach in, in, in a season, especially lately. That number is down to 1.44 now. So it's, it's, it's trending in the right direction. That's a manageable number, especially when you look at how many draws they've, they've, they've gotten lately. And you talk about their points over the last, what, 20 games. Yep. Um, uh, that's trending in the right direction. I think, you know, I, I was thinking 1.5, 1.6. That, that seemed sort of a little too high end. Like, like that probably wasn't reasonable. 1.44. I think that's that's well, doable. Well, and the bottom line is, you win a game, that number drops again, right? So you win a game, it becomes like 1.3, right? And then you win another game, and all of a sudden now it's 1.25, you know? And so, well, well the, the big problem though is there's so many teams ahead of them. They're yes. 13th in the 14 team conference. They need to get to ninth. So there's teams ahead of them. That's bad because let's say you get hot and Portland, you know, goes in the tank. Well, it, okay, so you pass Portland, you still got Minnesota and all these other teams. The good thing is, is uh, the next two games against St. Louis and LAFC teams they will not catch. But then after that, you have Minnesota, Austin, Portland, Minnesota, Real Salt Lake. Well, you may not catch them. Dallas. There's a lot of teams that are right within uh, range of the Galaxy. Teams they have to pass to get into that playoff picture. And those are the teams that, are, for the most part, are going to be playing down the stretch. They're one point south of Portland. They're three points south of Kansas City. Uh, they're four points south of Austin, five points now from Dallas in that ninth spot, right? Uh, and then it's funny because you're five points there. Uh, you're only seven points from the eighth place spot, right? So there's uh, uh, technically speaking, you're seven, you're seven points from the seventh place spot. You're eight points from the sixth place spot. Kevin, it, it, like, you know, nine points from the sixth. It's not unreasonable to think that the LA Galaxy couldn't even finish this if they go on the type of run that we expect them to, to finish in the fifth or sixth spot in the Western Conference. We've talked about this, though. I don't, I know what you're saying, that there's a lot of teams. The bottom line is a lot of mediocre teams that are within striking distance. And so when you win a game, there's a good chance that you could jump one, you could jump two, you could jump three teams with one win because everybody's so globbed together. That means you also have to be careful about it um, as you're going down because you have to sort of watch where you're going to land. The bonus part, and I think you sort of highlighted this, they're going to play against these teams that are right there for them, which means six-point swings, right? Keep them from getting three points. You get three points. That's a huge, all of a sudden, you just grab three more bites out of the apple real quick. Galaxy are going to have all of this to play for in the last nine games. Well, And you make a good point that it's just not ninth anymore, that the Galaxy are in range of... and. I'm still trying to get my head around this playoff format with the first round being three-game series. But my understanding is if they finish ninth, they're into playoffs. They play two of those three games in the first-round series on the road. If they get to eighth, they play that three-game play-in. It's essentially a wild-card play-in series. They would play two of those three at home. Yeah. Okay, that's does, eighth. Does if they get to eight, seventh— nine, don't, don't eight nine play each other? Even for a like, the I mean. play eight, in. nine would play each other in the right. three in the three. I don't think it's a three game plan though. The eight nine is a one game, and then it goes to the three game. It's like the play in round. It's like the NCAA it, plan. And if they get the seventh, they don't have the play in round at all. Right. Then they get to go straight into a three game, but they'll play you know the number two team in the Western Conference. Which so it, you know it, the idea for the the idea for months I think has been let's just get to ninth, just get to ninth, and you're in the playoffs. Now you can start thinking about well, now we can open the playoffs. At, at home or now we may not even have to play that first round at all. And we get a break and we get some of our injured guys to heal a little bit or the LA galaxy don't win the games they're supposed to and don't make the playoffs at all. Right. I mean, it's still very much in the balance. This is a teeter totter. If you go one way or the other, the thing's going to swing wildly either way. 
Um, but just to understand the Western conference is mediocrity in the center and the LA galaxy are more than mediocre enough to be within that center group. There's no way that I look at this and say, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, the LA galaxy are way worse than Minnesota. Nope. Are the, are the LA galaxy way worse than Vancouver? Nope. Are the LA galaxy way worse than Houston? Who's in fifth? Nope. They're not. Uh, are the LA galaxy way worse than real Salt Lake? Nope. They're not right. LAFC, they beat them. Right. So you keep going to these things and I can look at all of these different games. And the bottom line is that there's not a lot of separation. Quite honestly, the Galaxy drew St. Louis last time they played them, you know, one, one. There's not a lot of separation between one and 13. After that, Colorado is definitely picking up the basement in that. But everything else that you sort of see up there. Yeah, there's teams that have played much better in terms of getting the results. But I don't think the LA Galaxy are outclassed by anybody in this Western Conference. And, and, you know, the top four teams there, right? St. Louis, uh, Seattle, LAFC, Real Salt Lake. Galaxy with nine games left play all four of those teams. Yeah. So four of their last nine games are against the top teams in the conference, which, you know, is bad because you, you'd rather be playing the teams that you're chasing. But it's also good because it gives the Galaxy a sense of how they match up against the teams they're going to have to play if they have any, uh, you know, ambition of going to MLS Cup. They're going to have to go through those teams. And it's going to be a chance to see how they match up with the best teams in the conference as well, beginning again Sunday with St. Louis. Uh, Tim gave us a $2 super chat, says, is Sharp starting this weekend? Don't know. Certainly a good question. Um, you know, Greg Vanny was adamant that he wanted to bring Dayon Jovalich off a little bit earlier and give uh, Billy Sharp a chance to to go out there and actually affect things. Um, I say he was rather quiet for the most part. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that worked. Uh, the Galaxy were out of were out of, uh, you know, they, they were out of uh, effort and 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 trying that that athleticism uh, as much as we love to talk about how the Galaxy got deeper. Uh, they had to use some of that depth in the starting lineup this time instead of guys coming off the bench just because of the injury to, to Douglas Costa. So um, they're missing Doug. But, that's that's the answer. That, but that's a good question because Billy Sharp has been around long enough now. He's he, he's acclimated. He knows his teammates. He knows his style of play. And Jovalich, if you go back to when he's been most successful, when he scored most of his goals in that super sub position, hey, he's got to run as a starter. Hasn't worked out. Hasn't been as effective as he hoped to be. And I think the guys he hoped that he would be. Maybe his role really is coming off the bench. And so why not give Sharp the start and have Jovalich then play his best position coming off the bench. I don't know that Billy Sharp is, is ready yet to go 90 minutes, right? Uh, especially if it's a he hot day. He doesn't need to. He can just go 60. You'd like Because you're going to have Jovalich to be able to come off, right? So there's still there's That's what I mean, there. yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, start Billy Sharp and have Jovalich then in his role of coming off the bench. Um, I want to go to uh, to this stat and, and just taking a look. This is the LA Galaxy as we plot them. Um, just again, all the uh, plots and and all of these above it are, are MLS Cup winning teams. So technically speaking, the LA Galaxy from the point that they are have never won on the MLS Cup uh, from being this low. Just just getting I want everybody to, to not get their hopes up. Right. Uh, if we look at them in the context of every LA, LA Galaxy season ever still in the bottom third of that. Right. So still, whenever you look at the LA Galaxy, there's only like uh, realistically, there's only three teams that are worse than them at this point. Um, but having said that, they're still in sort of that that bottom, the upper end of the bottom third right now. Uh, and winning changes a lot of things in that. And if you go to our skyscraper one, this is Kevin's favorite chart. Um, the 2023 season at 29 points, you'd have to go back to 27 where they had 23 points. 2007 where they had 24 points. 1997 when they had 26 points. Those are the three teams that are below the LA Galaxy right now. Um, and then you have uh, a bunch of teams, 2006, 2008, uh, that were the same on 29 points. 
All right. So uh, last year, the LA Galaxy were five points better at 34. The crazy thing is 2021, 38 points through this part of the season, Kevin. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, did the LA Galaxy make the playoffs in, in 2021? They did not. I was just, I know, I know you're not paying. I, I, they did not. They did not make the playoffs in 2021. What happened to at, 20, 2020? It's not, not even there. What happened to 2020? They stopped playing games. Right, because oh. it was a short season, so I only have that was sad. That's, that's by that's by games. That it was uh, twenty four games or twenty six games or something. Twenty like uh, twenty two. Uh, twenty two. Yeah, twenty two <laughs> games. So yeah, they were already uh, already gone, already departed in in that particular one. But yeah, so you know, you look at you look at the funny thing is that uh, the LA Galaxy were five points better in twenty twenty two and ended up making the MLS playoffs, uh, and in twenty twenty one they were nine points better uh, and they missed the playoffs. All right. So that's this time of year. That's that's sort of where you're where everybody's paying attention to uh, the points per game at one point one six. Now, uh, nothing amazing or or crazy about that projected to score forty two point two goals projected to give up fifty three goals. That's sort of in the realm of uh, of of the last couple of seasons. Twenty twenty one. They gave up fifty four goals. Uh, 2022 51 goals. So what we can say is the LA Galaxy defense, if it corrects the way that we are expecting it to sort of correct over this time, has a chance to be better than both 2022 and 2021 in terms of giving goals up, which is crazy to think with all the goals that they conceded early on um, in that thing. I will say that I think the goal scoring uh, is is the big problem. 42 goals is what they're expected to. Uh, you have to go back to 2017 where they scored 45 goals, 2010 where they scored 44 uh, 2004, they scored 42 goals. That's sort of the range that you're looking at for these LA Galaxy teams right now. Um, and, but, and you know, but I, I, both offensively and defensively, they're trending in the last three games. You talk about the seven-point week. They're trending in the right way. Two clean sheets, two games with three goals scored. So on both sides of the ball, they're trending in the right way. Whether they can continue it, I don't know. I still don't like that goal differential of minus eight. That just seems a little high. I don't think good teams have minus goal, minus eight goal differentials. No, I mean uh, you can you can go search it right now. Anybody right now who's above, who's there's only let's see there's two teams who are above the line that have negative goal differential. You have RSL who's minus one in fourth place, uh, and San Jose who's minus four uh, in uh, in eighth place. Then Austin is minus five in tenth. You have Portland at minus 12 in 12th and the Galaxy minus 8th and 13th, right? And then Colorado at minus 23. Again, there's a wow. cl- there's a cl- minus 23. There's a clear sort of, uh, you know, uh, a target now for Golden Boot. That is Colorado. Um, and it, it seems like they are they are absolutely uh, gunning for that for that golden or for that that wooden uh, wooden spoon wooden spoon yeah not the golden boot wooden spoon uh, so that uh, if we're looking at the points per month uh, started off September with a draw uh, and now there are five more games in September uh, Kevin you hinted at that and and that's correct and then I just want to point this out once again the LA Galaxy's longest single season unbeaten streak this year was seven games the LA Galaxy's longest winning streak still at two because they can't win three in a row. They haven't lost since July in MLS play. In MLS play, correct. Um, September, here it is. It's St. Louis coming up on the 10th. Uh, and then you're going to have away at LA, away in quotation marks at LAFC. Uh, you have the LA Galaxy home uh, against Minnesota, away at Austin. And then they'll close out September with a game at home against Portland. So that's one, two, three, four games at home, five games in the LA area out of your total of six games in September. That's a yeah, but it, 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 you look at that schedule again. Six games in September, and you think, oh my god, that's 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 quite a haul. That's going to be really difficult. Yes, it is. But they spend the first three weeks at home, 
right. uh, sleeping in their own beds, training in their own facilities, not having to travel, not having to deal with air, airplanes or airports and, and time differences and all that. That's a, that's really good at this time of year. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I think that that's the, the real bonus that, um, that you can sort of see coming up, right, is that that's happening. You go into October, uh, and then it was going to be, uh, you know, two away games and one home game. I don't know, Kevin. Part of me is almost like, you know what? It's better to end the season on two home games than it is on one home game against Dallas. But that RSL game being played in a um, in a uh, international break as well, right? Because that's a 10-14 right in there. That should be an international break, and the LA Galaxy will have to deal with that as well. Now, and that was another rain change, right? That was yep. from the hurricane. That will that be hurricane. That weekend. is that is to my knowledge the next time the LA Galaxy get a game in hand they get to pick up. It's this Sunday and it's this game. Those are your games in hand for the LA Galaxy. Um, so we'll uh, we'll sort of keep that. If you watch the results over the weekend, some interesting little games there. Uh, NYC and Vancouver tied at one. Cincinnati zero. Uh, Orlando one. DC four big ones on Chicago. Chicago's not a great team. Uh, you had a 4-2 win for Columbus over Montreal. 2-2 versus New England and Austin. That's a crazy game and a crazy result. Dallas and Atlanta 2-2. Sporting Kansas City just beat the LA Galaxy's next opponent, St. Louis 2-1. Uh, Nashville won. Charlotte won. RSL 2-0 over Colorado. That was a rivalry game. LA and Houston, obviously, the zeros. San Jose, Minnesota, ones. Seattle, Portland, twos. Um, and then Philadelphia 4-1 over uh, Red Bull and 3-1 for uh, Miami at LAFC. So uh, that's the, the interesting one. Uh, I did want to get everybody sort of ready for this St. Louis game real quick. Uh, LA Galaxy playing against St. Louis coming up on Sunday, September 10th. It is a 5 p.m. TV start time. It is a 5.09 p.m. kickoff time. The LA Galaxy only played St. Louis ever once. We'll have a Thursday show that will get you ready for this particular game. Uh, and that's when we're expecting to hear more about uh, about injuries and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, we do expect that that media availability is going to be on Friday, match day minus two, um, which is usually when it is, which means we won't get that update on here, but we're expected to hear one a prognosis on Caligari, and I don't think we're going to hear that before that unless it's really bad. If it's really bad, they might try to get it out in front of it uh, before the before the weekend hits. Um, if it's if it's something where they can discuss it, then they'll let Greg talk about it on Friday. Um, that seems to be the likely scenario right now. Uh, and then we'll, we should know a better d- prognosis on Douglas Costa as well, Kevin. And, and we're expecting that Costa is a possibility for this, right? So that's sort of the the one. And St. Louis, you know, they're in the Supporter Shield race. They're, they're leading the, the Western Conference. But uh, they're an expansion team. They were built from the back. They did spend some money on designated players up front. But their first their first signing was a goalkeeper. They have a, the, the best goal differential. Uh, talking about that again, going back to that point, the best goal differential in the league at plus 18. Right. So they're going to be a difficult team, certainly to run the score up against. That's, that's gonna, not going to happen. But difficult team to beat. I mean, plus 18 is quite... You know, is quite the healthy goal differential, and they have not given up. Uh, uh, you know, most of their games have been very tight. They have not given up a ton of goals, and they are definitely in a playoff picture. And uh, you know, looking to secure home field advantage as soon as possible. I think Cincinnati's already clinched the playoff berth, right? So they, they already have one team clinched. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, by the way, St. Louis uh, losers of their last three road games. Um, so that's something to sort of keep a keep an eye on, right? They've been a very good team, but they have not been as good 
on the road. Uh, they lost at LAFC, they lost at Orlando, and they just lost at SKC. Now they're headed to LA. So just keep that in mind as we uh, we go over everything. Now, uh, last thing I sort of want to get to before we wrap up for a holiday show um, was that uh, we had an interesting little exchange in the press conference with Alex Ruiz and Greg Vanny. Alex asked Greg Vanny about Efrain Alvarez because he said, you know, hey, he hasn't been on the team sheet. We haven't seen him. Um, you know, what's what's going on with them? Is that a coach's decision at this point? And Greg said uh, very clearly and very succinctly, which always whenever Greg is succinct about anything, there has to be something more that he doesn't want to say. So he's just going to say not very much. And he said because uh, he's very verbose. He gives like, uh, par- you know, uh, book long right. answers to simple questions. Right, right. And so um, his response was uh, that's a coach's decision for right now. Yeah, that's it. That was it, right? The coach's decision for right now, the whole deal. Now, uh, there is rumor out there, and Alex uh, helping in, in, in uh, putting this away, uh, but basically said, uh, Efrain Alvarez is set to join Club Tijuana Liga MX. Uh, the 21-year-old midfielder has been left out of Greg Vanny's roster for the last three games. Details still yet to be finished. Been told the deal will 99% happen. This was uh, from uh, Jovenis, uh Foot MX on, uh, on Twitter. This is not... I, d- I do not have... Um, okay, I just wanted to say uh, I was I was I just got a text message. I wanted to make sure I actually asked about this. I wanted to make sure I, did, I wasn't getting an update on it. It wasn't. Um, so uh, I have asked for an update to sort of see if this is true and all the fun stuff. This wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, it was funny because I got a lot of people asking about F. Ryan Alvarez, Kevin. They were like, well, where's Alvarez? How come he isn't in this team sheet? Let's go back to the team sheet here. Uh, Billy Sharp on the bench, Edwin Cerillo on the bench, uh, uh, Michovic, the goalkeeper on the bench, uh, Johnny Perez on the bench, uh, Zavaleta on the bench, Cuevas on the bench, Leardam on the bench, Barrios on the bench, and Aguirre on the bench. Tell me Efra, tell me which of those guys you want to sit for Efrain Alvarez, knowing what everybody knows about Efrain Alvarez and sort of how he has played this season. Is there anybody? And, and people may say, well, I'd put him in for Johnny Perez. Did you watch Johnny Perez in that game? Johnny Perez had an excellent substitute appearance. Uh, Daniel Aguirre was excellent coming off the bench for the LA Galaxy in this game. A ton of energy, a ton of stuff. Guess what? Efrain Alvarez hasn't been that guy this year. He was supposed, he got the number seven from Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane came over. They did that whole like, you know, number seven, the King handoff type thing. Uh, And the guy who once got praised by by Zlatan Ibrahimovic can't find the bench for Greg Vanny anymore. That is what is going on with Efrain Alvarez. you know, and uh, when the question was asked and Greg gave that answer about coach's decision, he was very curt. I kind of took that a different way. The way I took that was Efrain has in some way pissed Greg off, yeah, either in, in lack of, you know, lack of effort and training, uh, not listening to instruction, whatever it was. Greg seemed the curt answer t- gave me the impression that things were not right. And yes. that, that, that could still be true. That could be the reason why they want to move him to Tijuana. It's just like, get him out of here. We don't want him. But you know, now an- another reason could be, look, this, this deal has been in the works for a while. We didn't want him to go out there and get injured. Um, or we didn't want him to go out there and play poorly and then have Tijuana. So this guy really sucks. We don't want him anymore. So, um, you know, all, all that could be true, but, um, it, you know, it, it certainly seems like this would be the time we've talked about this almost the last three seasons. It seems to me, that when are the Galaxy going to move on from Efrain Alvarez? He's not the guy that they thought he would be. He hasn't lived up to expectations. So finally, maybe the divorce is coming. When you look at that team sheet, too, I still wonder what happened to Jonathan Klinsman. Well, I mean, do you really, though? 
Do you really do you really wonder what happened with Jonathan Clinton? You saw Mitrovic play, right? Yeah, no, he's he's very good. But right. we just I'm on all of a sudden Jonathan's not there and it's like you know what happened to him? Mm-hmm. There's no word. Yeah, well, I mean, I would imagine we don't believe there's an injury, right? That was one. I know people ask, like we can usually tell. I don't believe there's an injury. Uh, we've asked Greg about injuries before. Jonathan Klinsman has never come up for that. Uh, I talked with Damian Calhoun about this. Scott French and I were talking about it as well. Uh, the the Mitrovic thing to me is signaling that the LA Galaxy are going to bring Mitrovic back next year. That's a loan deal that they have to figure out and, and buy through. Uh, they have to get Caligari a loan deal and buy through that, right? And so there's a bunch of things that they're going to have to do uh, in order to get this stuff. To me, it says that Jonathan Klinsman will be on the trading block this this season. Well, I actually think his contract is up at the end of the year, isn't it? It may be. And I think Bond Bond as well. Yeah. Uh, it, well, no, no, not Bond. Bond just signed a uh, uh, an extension. An extension. So, yeah, so he's back. Um, I looked it up and I had it. I don't have my roster in front of me. Um, I'm sure somebody in the chat room can can uh, can look it up if we need to. But uh, it was my understanding, I think, that Klinsman may have an option uh, that they might be able to pick up. Efrain Alvarez has an option that the LA Galaxy can pick up. And people will go, oh, they're not going to pick it up. Well, they might pick it up if they're going to be trading them. Right. They'll pick up the option and then trade them. And that way they'll get a transfer fee and all that fun stuff. Right. So um, that's one of those things. But for me, it, it just sort of signals that I think Jonathan Klinsman is, is you know, right for somebody else to go grab. I think that's what's going to happen here at the end at the end of the season. So uh, we'll uh, we'll take a look at that. But, yeah, I think Mitrovic is going to be I wouldn't be surprised if Mitrovic isn't is if they do get him and do keep him. And I haven't had that discussion. Caligari, I know they want to keep. Um, I, I would imagine they want to keep Mitrovic as well. Uh, but I would imagine that Mitrovic has a real chance at being a starter next year. And, and does he play in any of these games coming up? Again, five more games in this month. That, that's a lot. And and I know goalkeepers don't run around all that much. Yeah. But, it, you know, the, the, the mental aspect of the game is tough to play that many minutes in that short of period of time. Does Mitrovic come in and play one of these games? No, no. Bond will. As long as he's as long as he's healthy, he will. That, that's that's my that's my guess. Um, but Mitrovic seems to be a, a full package for a goalkeeper. I'm really excited to see what he can bring. So anyway, uh, that's sort of where we stand. The LA Galaxy taking on St. Louis on Sunday, coming up September 10th during the international break. I did want to point out one more time. Uh, I have the schedule here somewhere. There's only five MLS games going on, and four of those are on Saturday. Only one is on Sunday. The LA Galaxy have that, and that's when the international games are playing uh, for the international break as well. As but, but, but but look at that schedule. Three of those games directly impact the, the, the Galaxy in their playoff course. Yeah, Mi- Minnesota's in there. Kansas City, uh, San Jose, even LAFC, Portland. I mean, actually, like most of those games outside, even the Kansas City Miami game is is one that could affect the LA Galaxy here ultimately. So uh, that's sort of where we sit for the for the LA Galaxy, right? That's where it is. Uh, I, I I didn't think the draw was a bad result. I understand what you're saying about dropping points at home, but you didn't really because you offset it by winning points on the road. Right. So you're, you're you're OK. That's why you can win points on the road sometimes and it'll help you at home. So uh, the Galaxy staying undefeated still feels like this momentum. Talk to a bunch of the guys afterwards. They said the momentum is still there. They still feel like they are playing well. Um, so now they want to get some rest and come back on Sunday and, and take on St. Louis. All right. Is that it? I guess. OK, well, I was just asking. I didn't know if you were going to do anything else for your birthday or that type of thing. Are you done? Are you like my wife who gets a birthday month or? Um, or I, it- no, around around this house, I get about five minutes. Okay. And actually, that's probably good. At this age, you really don't celebrate any much. You just sort of survive. I understand. I understand. It's always good to 
to uh, to start the day on the right side of the dirt, right? That's always a good thing. We'll, we'll keep playing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's what you want to do. All right. Uh, I hope when I'm, the candle when the can, when the candles no longer fit on the cake, you really don't you don't <laughs> yeah. celebrate anymore. When the fire marshal has to clear the amount of candles on your cake, you know you're, you're exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that does it. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Head on over to latimes.com for all of his writing, all that fun stuff. He will be ready to check you out there uh latimes.com at kbaxter11 if you're looking for me on twitter it's at jgesman j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n and of course at galaxy podcast at galaxy podcast on threads as well and then of course uh, you can go cornerofthegalaxy.com for all that fun stuff there so cornerofthegalaxy.com that's where our shows are youtube soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff is right there thanks everybody for joining us we appreciate you on a wonderful labor day i hope everybody had a good weekend i'm sorry you have to go back to work tomorrow on tuesday maybe this podcast will cheer you up just a little bit for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com have a great one everybody You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.